I'm Blake Hargreaves, and this is Future Stops. You're hearing the sounds of Norwegian DJ and producer Hans Peter Lindstrom experimenting with the pipe organ on a new piece he calls Columns. Lindstrom is one of three artists we're featuring today in our second edition of the Organ Plus series, where we survey projects that are extending the organ into new territories and ideas. We begin with Adrian Foster in Montreal, who, with his collaborator Joel Peters, creates live events incorporating the organ into a wider creative experience. I guess it would have been around 2016, 2017. Uh, my friend Joel and I kind of started doing some concerts together, mostly revolving around like organ and electronics, because that was a mutual interest of both of ours. And by 2017, we decided we wanted to really form like some kind of actual official project. And uh, we were especially inspired. Uh, there's a group in the UK called Automatronic uh, Collective of uh, with Hugh Morgan and Michael Bonaventure and uh, Lauren Redhead. And they did a lot of projects that we were, we found really interesting using organ electronics. So we thought maybe we should do the same thing uh, so yeah, there were a variety of kind of other collaborations that both of us were working on in Montreal and we kind of put together some of the things we were doing and, and said, you know, what can we do with a collaborative? Uh, and we kind of did our first concert. We've been going ever since then. Uh, I think we've done about like a dozen projects in the past couple of years and uh, a dozen like concert projects and then a bunch of other video and uh, literary kind of collaborations as well. One of the main kind of projects we do, we call them immersive story concerts. And so we try and incorporate, I guess I would say like world building into our concert productions where each concert kind of spins off into another one. There's this kind of interconnected web of stories and um, characters and things that kind of recur throughout. So one of the projects that uh, that Joel was working on before we even started the collaborative was a, a short story with Andre Forget, who's a writer, and they decided to do a short story on the idea of underwater organs. So it's kind of a fantastical idea; doesn't really exist, and probably couldn't really exist like an underwater pipe organ. And the short story itself is kind of framed as like a first-person narrative. There's a journalist who's going to Halifax to report on the inauguration of, of this really big underwater pipe organ that's just being built there. And so these, these organs are called hydroorganons. And the thing about them is they're, of course, really expensive. And a lot of people view them as just a waste of resources, waste of money. Um, you know, they think it's a joke that people are flocking to go you know, dive underwater and listen to these concerts where some people would say you can't really hear anything at all. But for other people, it's 
they say it's you know this kind of divine experience, this transcendental thing to listen to this music underwater. And so that's kind of how the story is framed. And so when Joel and I started the collaborative, we thought, what could we do to kind of develop a world around this? And naturally, it seemed like the the next step would be to do an actual concert, to recreate an underwater organ concert. So what would the instruments sound like? What would the experience be like for the divers that are going to listen to these instruments? I guess our starting point with the hydroorgan on concert was we contacted a few poets. So um, there was Sarah Enns, who works with us a lot, uh, and also Jenny Burkle and Noor Naga and Vincent Lozon, and uh, I think there were a couple of others. And we had them write, they, they were all familiar with the story, and so they wrote poems kind of around. I guess, expressing in words this kind of experience uh, of these underwater organs. And so then we took that as the next step for the collaboration to compose music that kind of responded to the text of the poems. So responded to the imagery, responded to these poetical descriptions of the musical experience. And yeah, we used organ and electronics as the main kind of way to do that. So it was like original compositions and also sort of recompositions. So I guess going in the in the mold of like, um, I think we were listening a lot to the, um, the Max Richter Vivaldi recompose, that kind of idea. So we took some Bach pieces, for example, and, and you know, transformed them with electronics, like layering different parts together. And yeah, we always try and make everything we do a really immersive experience for the audience. So we tend to do a lot with projection, uh, a lot with lighting and whatnot. So we ended up having this kind of water under underwater atmosphere with the lighting. We had uh, even a bubble machine <laughs> to, to spray onto the audience, that kind of climactic moment in the concert. And uh, my personal favorite is we had uh, a couple of friends of ours dressed as scuba divers actually walking through the audience uh, to kind of give the feeling that the audience was actually there with the divers listening to the music. So they even had like the full on, the full on tank, the oxygen tanks and, uh, and masks and all of that. So it was a lot of fun.
one of one of the things that always fascinates me most about the organ is I'm I'm much more interested in the in the low kind of rumbling sounds uh, than than necessarily the big loud sounds or or uh, some of some of the other things. I mean, it's all great, but I I love this kind of depth of sound that the organ has, and I think there's certainly a lot of a lot of possibilities with symbolism with that, with either going underwater uh, or connection to a lot of um, a lot of Christian symbolism for sure, and also just kind of general general sim- symbolism with this imagery of 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 going down into the depths, and whether that's you know a psychological journey or a spiritual journey or a musical journey. We travel now from Montreal to Vancouver, where sound artist George Rahi is developing a project called the Augmented Organ, which reflects some of the influences of his early childhood. Well, as I was growing up, my my mom was actually a music director for various churches. And uh, so she played the organ and actually spent a lot of time in churches. Uh, So I was loitering in churches a lot, uh, listening to the organ. So it was always kind of this familiar instrument to me. It wasn't necessarily maybe as loaded of an instrument uh, for other people approaching it later uh, in life. But yeah, I grew up kind of surrounded by that music. Um, I learned, studied a little bit of you know classical music and cello and piano, uh, just singing in the choir at the church. Um, but essentially, it sort of drifted away from that over time. Got more interested in uh, electronic music, and just recording my own kind of ideas. Um, sometimes, you know, using field recorders or samplers or these sorts of things. And yeah, eventually, sort of got interested also in instruments as uh, built objects, as designed objects, as the kind of vehicle through which we can know music and understand music. Um, so I sort of had some interest in learning about uh, how to make instruments. And this sort of brought me into touch with a lot of sort of the, the physical world of materials and objects and understanding, uh, you know, acoustic principles that, that maybe uh, are secondary to the language that we we use with when when we talk about and play music, and in a in kind of in a strange way that that led me to the organ, uh, and I think it leads maybe a lot of people to to look in the, at the organ in this way of um, sound synthesis and how kind of sound was historically produced through these kind of mechanical means over over the centuries. Rahi continued exploring instrument building and the role material plays in shaping sound with a group of young artists in a mentorship project called Reorganized Organ. It's it's kind of funny trying to just think of all the connections that led there. I mean, I'd done some work where sort of I was using a, parts of a pipe organ for, an, for a sound installation um, that I was doing at, at the Western Front in Vancouver and this this project sort of took me a while to to work through and just learn more about how uh, organs worked and and how they could be actually computer controlled and so that was a big part of my learning around that and I sort of had to take apart a lot of um, 
the insides of the organ and sort of learn about it through through a kind of a deconstruction <laughs> process uh, or sort of reverse engineering <laughs> process because uh, you know it's a pretty specialized field you know there's not a lot of people around that readily can can teach on the subject and so through all that learning i mean i was talking to someone at vivo about through their education projects and um you know that whole process was just um seemed like it'd be interesting to work into a sort of group collaborative project where we looked at materials like an organ and uh, their e-waste. The theme of the project was creatively working with, with e-waste to, to make you know, experimental instruments or just um, kind of reframe them in a way that was uh, you know, productive in the sense of, yeah, reclaiming other values and, and other uses to these materials that are you know, just piling up and scrapyards and so forth. We were looking at electronic waste or e-waste as a kind of raw material um, to make and to experiment with with instruments. So this kind of took the form of like a circuit bending project. Like the participants were learning, you know, a lot of hands-on skills about how to solder, how to read schematics, but then also how to kind of hack and circuit bend what was already these uh, you know these designed and produced objects uh, for their for their ideas. So one of the ideas that came out through this group process was looking at this electronic organ, and they sort of used all of these um, wires that they had stripped down from this pile of of uh, scrap, and they they connected the wires to different keys on the, the keyboard, but then they, they sort of created this sculptural overhanging interface of these wires that you would grab and each one would connect all of these different sounds together. And so it, it's kind of this very performative installation that was made um, where you're using your body to reach out and, and touch all these groups of wires and your feet are standing on this platform that is serving as the the literal ground or the uh, the ground connection so to speak so you complete the circuit um, you don't feel anything but you just are actually completing the circuit at a very very low voltage the results of this workshop presented totally new ways of imagining the organ as an instrument for his current project with the organ Rahi goes further down this road this time with contemporary digital technology it was sort of um, a way of looking at the organ as holding all these, all of these other uh, potentials and other ways of imagining how they could be used. Uh, so it was looking at the interface uh, of the organ as well as the sounds as uh, things that could be refigured. And so my approach was kind of to disassociate the, the keyboard interface from the pitches and to use uh, MIDI as a form of control for kind of bypassing the, the typical uh, interface uh, at the console and the manuals and the stop draw, draw, uh, draw knobs and, and so forth. So it was a way of sort of abstracting the sound of the organ in a way that you could compose 
uh, with the sounds and sort of the whole range of, you know, extreme contrast that's inside the organ. Uh, but you could do that through different layers of MIDI commands, um, different ways of making that a, also a generative process, so not just a fixed sort of discrete composition, but also uh, creating these interactive elements. So it's mainly been presented as a performance where, you know, there's a concert length performance and there's elements that are unfolding in a live context, as well as the reproduction of, of a composition. In a way, some of it is similar to the, the Disclavier piano, um, which was a piano built by Yamaha in the sense that you had that MIDI function um, that could do like, you know, computer-assisted composition or playback. Uh, but then it kind of opened the space that people would compose specifically for that medium. But yeah, I sort of see it more as a performative project as well in that every, every organ is a different organ and every organ has its own relationship to its space. And so that kind of spatial dimension that shapes the feedback it's very particular uh, and it's each time it's a very particular experience like having done concerts in Vancouver it was it was um, an experience that was you know quite singular uh, compared to you know when I've adapted the work to another organ um, you know everything sounds completely different you know just the organ the, the characteristics of the organs, you know, timbre is a completely different, but also the sense of space is so different. Uh, and maybe, you know, part in part, the space in Vancouver where I presented the work was a very dry acoustic, so it had, everything was incredibly sharp sounding, and you had all this sort of a percussive attacks that you could quite easily discern. And, you know, later I presented the work at a, a cathedral-like space in Germany and, you know, the, the acoustics of that sort of space, everything sort of merges together and, and, and blends together in a way that, you know, completely changes the, the nature of the work.
You're listening to the Future Stops podcast, an initiative of the Royal Canadian College of Organists. My name is Blake Hargreaves, and I'm your host as we explore the world of the 21st century organ. Today on Future Stops, another edition of Organ Plus, our series where we explore artists crossing boundaries and taking the organ in new directions. Our third and final guest is Norwegian producer Hans-Peter Lindstrom. While he's known for making electronic dance music under the name Lindstrom, his connection to the pipe organ goes all the way back to his childhood. Yeah, the first time I heard the pipe organ, uh, I was probably like, I don't know, just a few years old because my my parents took me to church and I, I and 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 there was a lot of organ was the main instrument. So I guess I've been always like, uh, I don't know, attracted by the like the psalms kind of the church music, the classical music. Um, and I guess later on I was introduced uh, maybe uh, probably in my late teen teenage years I was I was going to library and uh, listening to records from uh, Max Reger and uh, maybe Submission and uh, some of some of that kind of more weird or more challenging music and uh, it's been kind of like an on and off interest for me i used to play in uh in in rock bands in my uh, yeah like in my early 20s as well uh and i i played hammond organ and uh i i used to listen to a lot of uh deep purple and uh john lord was one of my uh, biggest inspirations and even though he didn't play the the church organ he was definitely Playing the hammond organ, and uh, and that's also so one of my uh, entrances into the into the organ kind of uh, world. <laughs> Commissioned in 2019 to create a piece for pipe organ in last year's Orgelkraft Festival in Stavanger, Norway, Lindstrom began exploring the possibilities of the MIDI-connected pipe organ. The festival was, of course, cancelled due to the pandemic. But Lindstrom continued to develop the idea and is set to premiere the work in Stavanger. I was actually around this time uh, last year. I was preparing. It was like only two weeks before uh, the lockdown in Norway around mid March. I was really close to. Uh, I mean, I was two weeks from uh, actually doing that show, the Love Latency thing, and. Uh, <sighs> After after everything uh, shut down, I just realized that well, I, I just have to leave this because you know when you're working really hard on something, after a show or whatever, after a one-time uh, one-off performance, then it's really nice to just leave it and uh, maybe pick up some of that stuff uh, after a month or something. And uh, that's what I did. I was I was thinking that well, this is not happening, so I I just started working on some other stuff when i started again to work on the organ organ thing i realized that i wanted to do it differently than uh, i was i was uh, thinking in the beginning so uh, actually the love latency thing has changed name and uh, and everything is uh, gone into a, a different kind of uh, piece of music basically um so while love latency thing was more about trying to improvise uh, on the organ together with a lot of uh, modular synthesizers and uh, and stuff like that, M- much more like uh, 
playing on the fly using uh, arpeggios and uh, and sequences uh, to to play the organ with uh, yeah with synthesizers. I ended up doing uh, more like a, a composed uh, piece of music that is uh, yeah like thirty five minutes with a more or less uh, with a every, where everything is. Uh, written beforehand and uh, I'm, I'm performing everything. It's not that much improvisation actually. So it went from a very improvised thing to a very written thing actually. Um, uh, but that was because of the COVID-19 thing. I was, I was more than happy doing the, doing the, doing my first uh, approach to the organ. But, uh, you know, after I, after I, after a few months after the lockdown, I started again and I thought, well, uh, actually, I want to try something different because, I mean, the thing is, with with an uh, organ that has MIDI, there's so, there's so many possibilities to explore. You can do so much stuff that you cannot do with a, with a, uh, an organ, uh, a traditional organ. Um, and and uh, the problem is that uh, I don't, I wish I could sit there every week and work and explore and uh, stuff, but uh, um, I just had to, I just had to decide for something. And uh, another thing is that I, I decided also to, the thing is with this, with my kind of music with lots of beats and uh, sometimes even like a disco beat or something like a four, four kick drum that is uh, uh, playing the whole night in the club. Uh, in a in a big room like a concert hall that gets it takes so much energy from uh, everything else so i decided to in the beginning I, I decided to not have any drums at all just some like high kind of uh hi-hat kind of percussion things that is kind of rhythmic uh, like a pace like a pulse or something but uh uh on my on the stuff that i'm performing now it's going to be more um more drums but not like the not the energy uh uh for four beats but more like kind of randomized uh drums that is yeah so it's uh i've been the thing is and and if i if i if i had a chance to work on uh like on on this a third time i wish i i can someday but uh it would probably be something very different because uh i mean this there's a lot of possibilities and a lot of uh, ways to approach uh, the organ. <laughs> it's eight notes that is like an ostinato that that's going uh, in all kinds of variations. Uh, it's it kind of like uh, it's it's a little bit inspired by. Uh, Bella Bartok, uh, one of his most famous uh, concerts. I forgot the name. <laughs> and uh, it's this uh, eight-tone uh, ostinato in all kinds of combinations and stuff, uh, using the same tones. Tones starting it from different different uh, sections in the and making it like kind of like face play against against each other in a way. Um, yeah, it's more or less based on the, it's it's kind of. It's, it's a it's it's got a narrative from like a start to finish and with a with a like a middle and a kind of like a yeah trying to make it like an interesting piece of music uh, to listen to it's like 35 uh, minutes 
And also, I've been from the beginning. I realized I, I decided to to write it because everything I will. I'm gonna make an uh, make an album out of this, and uh, and I decided to uh, work with a vinyl format uh, in mind. So doing like 18 minutes uh, on each side makes around uh, 36 minutes or something, and uh, and that kind of decided where to make the tra- transitions from for example side A to side B that have to be some kind of a break before or some kind of a natural uh, way to stop and to start again on the next side and uh, it's kind of an interesting way to write music uh, because it's it's going to be performed in a in the, in the concert hall but it's kind of made for the vinyl format in a way <laughs> It's kind of nice to have limitations in the, when it comes to uh, how how much how long the music is going to be and stuff. And it's also made up. It starts really like quiet and, and uh, kind of slow in a way. And it in the end it's very it's like all the registers are on max and uh, all the what do you call it stops are. Uh, out and it's very like monumental in the in in the end um very <laughs> big <laughs> it's, i'm trying to to do grasp everything uh, but uh, i mean there's so much more to do so uh, it's impossible to do all that in in on the first or second approach but uh yeah i'm i'm really happy how the piece has, uh, is 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 sounding now and uh, i'm yeah looking forward to play it and uh, and to work more on it as an album uh, uh, coming probably next year or something Over the years, I've seen dozens of pipe organs with MIDI capabilities, and I'm excited to hear what's possible with this new frontier in technology, giving the organ a voice in all kinds of contemporary music, so much that even a dance music producer is composing for the instrument. George Rahi's augmented organ also interfaces with the organ digitally to reimagine the instrument, while Adrian Foster and the Earthworld Collective are augmenting the organ with literature and immersive performance experiences, sometimes so immersive you might feel like you're actually underwater. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us on Future Stops. 
On our social media accounts, you can find more information about their work, listen to their music, and watch some performances. Subscribe to our podcast and social media so you'll be the first to know about what's happening with the 21st century organ. Future Stops is a podcast from the Royal Canadian College of Organists, produced by Andrew O'Connor, with Haley Raymond as community manager and executive producer Elizabeth Shannon. I'm your host, Blake Hargreaves. Thank you for listening.